0: Hello, my friends, and uh, Merry Christmas to everyone. So, Sunday, December twenty-sixth, is dedicated to the Holy Family, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. Uh, so, I'm going to take a guess that the feast of Saint Stephen might be is going to be moved, probably a, um, a Monday after. Here's a little uh, little bio here. The Acts of the Apostles describes the death of St. Stephen. He was one of the first deacons appointed by the Apostles. In his death, Stephen Im- imitates Jesus by forgiving his persecutors. The mention of Saul, who will become Paul, reminds us that the blood of martyrs is the seed of the faith. Okay. Entrance Antiphon, the gates of heaven were opened, for blessed steven who was found to be first among the members the number of martyrs and therefore was crowned triumphed in heaven the gates of heaven were opened for blessed steven who was found to be first among the number of martyrs and therefore is crowned triumphed in heaven okay so let's begin I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words and what I have done and what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray with me and for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Kiri alisyon, kiri alisyon, kiri alisyon. Criste alisyon, Criste alisyon, Criste alisyon. Kiri alisyon, kiri alisyon, kiri alisyon. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to people of good will. You are seated at the right hand of the Father. Have mercy on us. For you alone are the Holy One. You alone are the Lord. You alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and the glory of God the Father. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Grant, Lord, we pray, that we may imitate what we worship and so learn to love even our enemies. For we we celebrate the heavenly birthday of a man who knew how to pray, even for his persecutors. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. The name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Just to remind everyone, uh, this is the Informed Catholic and... Merry Christmas. My name is Ned Jabbar, and today we're going to do the readings for the feast day of St. Stephen the Martyr. So, once more, Merry Christmas to you and your family, and if you like this podcast, please subscribe and share. Share with your friends. Uh, I try to do the best I can for uh, to getting the message out about the Catholic faith, and uh, I'm a convert to the Catholic faith, so... Um, and I want to do my part because, you know, it's kind of very hard to try to figure out what to do, especially when you hear all the negativity about Catholicism. But, um, the best thing to do is to, I think, do something, uh, that can help spread the faith. So once more, God bless you and Merry Christmas to you and your family. And let's pray for each other. today's readings is a jolts us back from the serenity and joy of the first christmas the joy of bethlehem and to the reality of the of, of the strife and persecution so common in today's 20th century life and world we are reminded why jesus came among us and how Each one of us as an individual is called to be a witness to him. May Jesus be our hope and our strength as a a church, as a Christian church and as individuals, because we're all going to have to do, have to bear the persecution and we all need the strength to bear witness to Christ and his gospel the first reading is from the book of Acts. Okay, the first reading is from the book of Acts, and it's um, chapter 6, verse 8 to 12, chapter 7 to 54 to, I'm sorry, chapter 6, verse 8 to 10, and then uh, it deals with chapter 7, verse 54 to 59. I see the heavens opened a reading from the book of Acts. Stephen filled with grace and power was working great wonders and signs among the people, certain members of the so-called synagogue of freed men, Cyrenians and Alexandrians and people from Sicilia and Asia came forward and debated with Stephen but they could not withstand the wisdom and the spirit with which he spoke when they heard this they were infuriated and they ground their teeth at him but he filled with the holy spirit looked up intently to heaven and saw the glory of god and jesus standing at the right hand of god And he said, Behold, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they cried out in a loud voice and covered their ears and uh, and rushed upon him together. They threw him out of the city and began to stone him. The witnesses laid down their cloaks at the feet of a young man named Saul. As they were stoning Stephen, he called out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. The word of the Lord, thanks be to God. Okay, now the great thing about having a podcast is that I can uh, choose to read longer versions. And I'm going to read a little bit more from the book of Acts because I want to show you how much Stephen... Uh, knew the scriptures and how, as we, as Christians today, we need to know more about the scriptures. So chapter six and from the, from the Bible, from the new Testament, the book of acts, the institution of the seven deacons in those days at the, as the number of disciples grew, the Hellenists made a complaint against the Hebrews asserting that their own widows were being neglected in the daily distribution of food. And so the twelve called together the entire community of disciples and said, It's not right for us to neglect the word of God. Uh, It's not right for us to to neglect the, the, the word of God in order to wait on tables. Therefore, brethren... We direct you to select from among you seven men of good reputation, men filled with the Holy Spirit. It says here the Spirit, but it means the Holy Spirit. And with wisdom to whom we may assign this task. We will then be able to devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the Word. The entire community found this proposal to be acceptable, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith, and the Holy Spirit, together with Philip, Procorius, Nignar, together uh, Nignar, T- uh, Timon, Paramonus, and Nicholas of Antioch. Nicholas of Antioch, who were a, who was a convert to Judaism, they then they then presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid hands on them the world the word of god continued to spread ever more widely the number of the disciples in jerusalem increased greatly and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith so we're going to stop here for a minute so as grew. There was obviously a, diff- a difference between the Hellenistic Jews, those who came from Greek lands, and the Hebrews, meaning Jew, uh, Jews from the Holy Land. There was there was obviously differences and you can say prejudices. The Hellenists felt that their own, the Hellenistic Jews felt that their own was being neglected. The widows were not getting their fair share of of, of you know, their needs met, you know, children, wives lost their, you know, widows and everything. So they needed, they felt that, you know, nobody was getting a fair share of the distribution. The apostles felt they were spending too much time uh, distributing uh, charity, food, clothing, uh, medicine, whatever people needed at the time. And so they decided to appoint uh, what they felt were deacons to help to help take care of the welfare needs of, these people, of the people and to, hopefully to keep it fair so there wouldn't be uh, arguments of who's getting more and who's getting less. So among them, the first was Stephen, uh, who uh, was ethnically Jew, but a Hellenist, it appears. And then there were other people. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. He had a lot of knowledge of the scriptures. He was very pious. And... um. You notice the names together with Philip, not the Apostle Philip, but another Philip, and Prochorus, Neknor, Timon, Paramanus, and Nicholas of Antioch. This is the first Nicholas, not the Santa Claus Nicholas, but the first Nicholas, uh, who was a convert to Judaism. Okay, so he was a convert. They then presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid hands on them. The word of God continued to spread ever more widely. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased greatly and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. That means those who were from uh, the Levites and the priests who served in the temple of Aaron were converting to the faith. So now you're going to see a lot of the priestly uh, liturgical rituals are going to be entering the faith. I mean, this is how the tradition started spreading. This is how um, they were converting. They were bringing the traditions and liturgical customs and practices from the temple started coming into the Christian faith. And you see that. You see that happening. Let's continue. Accusations against Stephen. Stephen, a man filled with grace and power, began to work great wonders and signs among the people. Then certain members of the so-called synagogue of freedmen, people from Cyrene, Alexandria, as well as others from Sicilia and Asia, came forward to debate with Stephen. However, they were unable to refute him because of his wisdom and spirit, as in Holy Spirit, who inspired his speech. So they bribed some men to say, we heard this Stephen speak blasphemies, blasphemous words against Moses and against God. After this, stirring up the people as well as the elders and the scribes, they seized Stephen, placed him under arrest, and brought him before the Sanhedrin. Then they called forward the false witnesses, who claimed this man never stopped speaking against this holy place and the law. For we have heard him assert that Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and change the traditions that Moses handed down to us. All those who sat in the Sanhedrin looked intently at Stephen, and his face appeared like the face of an angel. Okay, stop there. So... Stephen is very much well-versed in the Scriptures. And his love for Christ, his love for the faith, his his belief that Jesus is his Savior, that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, and his belief that Jesus fulfilled the Scriptures. A bunch of certain Jews, many of them were Hellenistic. Many of them came from from other lands, I mean, the Greek language was everywhere. Remember, Alexander the Great conquered the whole world and the basic common tongue of communication, just like English is today, um, Greek became the dominant one. And they came from places like in North Africa, Egypt, Alexandria, Alexandria was looked on as a Greek city and it was looked as Alexandria in Egypt or Alexandria and Egypt. And then Cyrene, which is somewhere in uh, Libya. Again, uh, all of North Africa was under the Romans. And the Greek language is dominant everywhere. And then other places from Sicilia and Asia. uh, And you see the names, Nicholas, uh, Prochorus. um, I mean, the names are are, uh, Timon. All these names, they were, obviously, you can see the names. And they're—and then, you know, the Nakhnor, uh, Philip, all these names show you how, where these people come from and how the Christian faith is going to be taken back to their homeland. And the faith is going to be spreading. The faith is going to be getting there long before, even before the apostles get there. That's the beauty of it. And what's going to happen is with the death of Stephen, you know they say as you uh, sometimes s- trample on certain plants and flowers, they spread their their pollen, their seed, through through just someone just trampling on them, and they they go into different places, and they start growing. The church is just like that. Saul of Tarsus and the persecution from the temple will do that. And now, certain people are jealous, hatred, and they bribed. They paid certain men to be to bear false witness. The same thing would happen to Jesus. They hated. They hated him so much that they actually they might. I'm most likely they definitely paid people to want him dead to say kill him. We see that in the Passion of Christ. They bribed people to do it. They it was the same thing. What happened to Judas? in a sense. They bribed, they they gave him money, and other people they paid to call, to to bear false witness, and to want him dead. So let's continue. Chapter 7. Stephen's Discourse. Then the high priest asked him, Are these things true? He replied, Brethren and fathers, listen to me. The God of glory appeared to our ancestor Abraham while he was in Mesopotamia before he lived in Haram, Haran. And he said to them, Leave your country and your relatives and go to the land that I will show you. Therefore he departed from the land of the Chaldeans and settled in Haran. And after his father died, God led him to the land where you now dwell. He did not give him any of this land as a heritage, not even as a... As little as a foot but he promised to give it to him as his possession and to his descendants after him even though he was childless this is what God said his descendants will reside in a country not their own and they will be enslaved and oppressed for 400 years but I will bring judgment on the na- on the nation and that enslaved them. God said, and after that they will come to you come out and worship me in this place. Then he gave him the covenant of circumcision, and so when he became the father of Isaac, he circumcised him on the eighth day as Isaac did for Jacob and Jacob did for, th- for the twelve patriarchs. The patriarchs were jealous of Joseph, and they sold him into Egypt. But God was with him and rescued him from all his afflictions. He gave Joseph wisdom and the favor of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, who appointed him governor of Egypt and his entire household. Then a severe famine struck all of, of Egypt and Canaan, causing severe affliction. And our ancestors could could find no food. However, when Jacob learned that there was grain available in Egypt, he sent our ancestors there on their first visit. During their second visit, Joseph made himself known to his brothers, and his ancestry became known to Pharaoh. Then Joseph sent for his father Jacob, and his entire family 75 people in all jacob migrated to egypt and after he and his and, and our ancestors had died there they were brought back to shechem as a place and, and placed in the tomb that abraham had purchased from the sons of hamor at shechem for a sum of money when the time of the promise that God had pledged Abraham drew near, our uh, our people in Egypt had greatly increased in number. Then a new king came to power who had never heard of Joseph. He d- dealt treacherously with our people and forced our ancestors to abandon their infants so that they could not survive. It was at this time that Moses was born who was pleasing to god for 3 months he was nursed in the, in his father's house but after he had been abandoned the daughter of pharaoh adopted him and brought him up as her uh, as her own son moses was trained in all the wisdom of the egyptians and he was powerful both in word and in deed when he was 40 years old he decided to visit his fellow countrymen, the children of Israel. When he saw one of them being maltreated, he went to his aid and avenged the victim by slaying the Egyptians. He thought that his brethren would realize that God was offering them deliverance through him, but they did not understand. The next day he came upon two of them fighting and he tried to reconcile them saying, Men, you are brethren. Why are you trying to hurt one another? But the man who had wronged his neighbor pushed him aside saying, Who appointed you to be our ruler and judge? Do you intend to kill me as you killed the Egyptian yesterday? Moses fled when he heard this and he, do, he dwelt in an, in an alien as an alien in Midian and became the father of two sons. After forty years he had, had passed, an angel appeared to him in a desert near Mount Sinai in the flame of a burning bush. When Moses saw it, he was amazed and as he approached to, to examine it, the voice of the Lord said to him, I am the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Moses was terrified and did not dare to look. Then the Lord said to him, Take off the sandals from your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. I have seen the oppression of my people in Egypt and have heard of their sighs, and I have become down to rescue them. Now come, I will send you to Egypt." continuing, this Moses, whom they rejected by saying, who appointed you to be our ruler and judge, God, God now sent forth as both ruler and liberator through the angel who appeared to him in the bush. It was he who led them out performing wonders and signs in Egypt at the Red Sea and for 40 years in the desert. It was this Moses who said to the children of Israel, God will raise up for you from your own people a prophet like me. It was he who was in the assembly in the desert with the angel who spoke to him on Mount Sinai and with our ancestors and who received words of life to hand on to us. This is the man whom our ancestors refused to obey. Instead, they trust him. They thrust him aside in their hearts. They turned back to Egypt, saying to Aaron, Make gods for us who will lead us on the way. As for this Moses who led us out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what happened to him. It was then that they made a calf, offered a sacrifice to the idol, and rejoiced over the work of their hands. So God turned away from from them and gave them up to worship the, the host of heaven as is written in the book of the prophets. Did you bring me sacrifice and offerings during these forty years in the desert, O house of Israel? No. You carried aloft the tent of Moloch and the star of your god Raphan, the images that you had made to worship. So and so I shall send you into exile beyond Babylon while they were in the desert our ancestors had the tent of testimony as God commanded and when he directed Moses to make it according to the pattern he had been shown our ancestors with Joshua brought it with them when they when they dispossessed the nations that God drove out before our ancestors it remained there until the time of David, who found favor with God and desired to provide a dwelling for the God of Jacob. However, it was Solomon who built a house for him. Yet, it, yet the Most High does not dwell in houses made with human hands. As the prophet says, Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. What kind of house can you build for me? asked the lord where shall my resting place be did not my hand make all these things you stiff-necked people with uncircumcised hearts and ears you are always resisting the holy spirit just as your ancestors used to do was there ever a prophet whom your, your fathers did not persecute they killed those who foretold the coming of the righteous one and now you have become his betrayers and murderers you received the law through God's angels and yet you have not observed it ok so right there you can see how Stephen had an unbelievable knowledge of the scriptures and right there shows you how we, you can't love what you don't know. None of us can love if we don't know what it is we're supposed to love. We have to know, to know Jesus, you have to know everything about your faith. The scriptures, uh, you have to have, uh, a, 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 a real great prayer life. You have to have a deep prayer life. You have to make time for it. And I think the reason why a lot of Catholics, um, a lot of Catholics don't get offended, in, uh, especially like when someone makes a, a horrible, blasphemous image like what happened in, this, in the Illinois capital of a, of a bathmuth and placed it next to the nativity as a mockery of the nativity, you don't hear a lot of outrage You don't hear people outraged. And I think the reason why is, is because people, I don't think, I mean, let's be honest. We don't love our faith that much. Sentimentality is not love. Sentimentality is, I mean... Tolkien says, you know, I mean, you know, it's sentimentality, but it can be pathological. For some people, it can be just sentimental, but only passively. For other people, um, you know, especially when it when they're when they're not really um I guess you can say it, it's it's pathological. When it becomes an excuse just like to, to really hate or to, to express a lack of love, really. But people don't have a love. I mean, remember, a lot of Catholics don't don't believe in the real presence. So if they don't believe in the real presence, what else they don't believe in? They don't believe in the morality of the faith. They don't believe that marriage should be between a man and a woman. They don't believe life begins in the womb. Maybe they don't even believe Jesus is really God born of a virgin. Right? Maybe they don't believe any of those things. If you don't believe in the real presence, then what else you don't believe in? Maybe you don't believe contraception is wrong. Which is probably true, because they say half of Catholics. I mean, Bill Clinton won the election uh, because he uh. knew the Catholic Church uh, lost on on the contraception and abortion, because the people weren't taught this. <clears throat> so, maybe they don't believe in the incarnation, that the Word became flesh, that Jesus Christ is truly God. Maybe they don't believe Mary is a virgin. You gotta ask yourself this question. Right? <clears throat> Let's continue. When they heard this, they became enraged, and they ground their teeth at him and put but Stephen, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked up intently to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at God's right hand. Look, he cried, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. On hearing these words, they covered their ears, cried out loudly, and rushed en masse against him. Then they dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. The witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. While they were stoning Stephen, he prayed out loud Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he knelt down and cried out in a a clear voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And with these words, he fell asleep. The word of the Lord, thanks be to God. So that's the first Christian martyr. Why do they act the way they did? It's psychological. It's satanic. They were being pushed Possessed by demons. I mean to want someone dead. To actually bribe people. To make false testimony. False accusations. It's the same thing what happened to the Lord Jesus. And hatred. Real hatred. But the thing is. We are seeing such division within the church now. A lot of Catholics have not returned back. And a lot of Catholics don't know their faith. A lot of Catholics have been neglected; they have been spiritually malnourished. A lot of our people don't know what to believe. A lot of our people are divided, especially with the uh, with the suppression of the Latin Mass. And a lot of people believe the faith is not being taught properly. A lot of Catholics may have left and gone to the Orthodox Church. A lot of Catholics may have gone and become Protestant and a lot of, and most others probably became non-believers, non, no, where no, they rejected the church and the faith completely or abandoned it completely. And a lot of them don't know what to believe, especially, uh, I should mention on top of the list, number one is the homosexual infiltration in the priesthood and also the um, sexual abuse crisis. The sexual abuse crisis is, I would say, number one. And the bishops don't know what to do about it because the bishops are, are surrounded by corrupt uh, by corrupt men, the good ones, the good ones, I may say. I shouldn't just say bishops because there are good priests and good bishops that are outnumbered. And the truth is, the reason why things are not as good because Catholics are not praying. They're not praying. We're not praying the rosary. We're not we're not dedicated to our faith. And this is a problem. Stephen is the model of Martyrdom. One day persecution will begin again. It's already beginning, but it's beginning, it's a soft form of persecution. And our faith spread because of persecution, because men like Stephen were willing, well, maybe I should say Christians, because many women will die too, were willing to die for the faith. Progressive Catholics are not willing to die for the faith. They're not going to do that. A progressive Catholic, a liberal Catholic, who looks at the faith purely human is not going to die for something purely human. You're gonna die for something that's true, that you know it's true. You're gonna die because you know the resurrection is true. You're gonna die because you know Jesus is God. You're going to die for the faith because you believe Jesus was born of a virgin. You believe in the miracles. You believe he rose from the dead, the tomb is empty. You don't die for something you don't believe in. You die because you believe it's true. This is why you, you have martyrs. This is why someone Maximilian Kolbe was able to go into the, to, to the concentration camp and die for the faith. This is why someone like Edith Stein was willing to go to the concentration camps, all right? This is something why many of our brothers and sisters are being persecuted by Muslim fanatics. And are willing to die for the faith. You're willing to die because you know it's true. you know it and you believe it. and you know it. you know it in your heart, you know it in your soul. it's not subjective, you know it's true and you know it's true when you when someone is about to hold a gun to your head or a sword against your your throat or about to, to chop you to pieces you know it's true or you're going to be burned alive okay there's there's nothing nothing that the modernists can offer all right and if you make the church look like the world then why would i want to be in this church if it's everything you offer is just like the world We want Christ. There has, the church has to be something different. It has to be different from everything. It has to be different, the beliefs, the attitudes. You get all these like people like James Martin and and uh, that nun who I just read an article a couple of days ago about who who, who tried to make Mary no, no different than the mothers in the world. No, I'm not, I don't want, the church that looks like the world. I want the church that is in opposition to the world. That wants to convert the world. Let's move on to this uh, second reading. Okay. Psalm 31. Starting from verse 3 to 4. 6 and 8. 16 and 17. It's edited but... The response is, into your hands, O Lord, I commend my spirit. Be my rock of refuge, a stronghold to give me safety. You are my rock and my fortress. For your name's sake, you will lead and guide me. Into your hands, O Lord, I commend my spirit. Into your hands, I commend my spirit. You will redeem me, O Lord, O faithful God. I will rejoice and be glad because of your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, I commend my spirit. Rescue me from the clutches of my enemies and my persecutors. Let your face shine upon your servant. Save me in your kindness. Into your hands, O Lord, I commend my spirit. One more time. Into your hands, O Lord, I commend my spirit. Into your hands, O Lord, I commend my spirit. Be my rock and, re- and be my rock of refuge, a stronghold to give me safety. You are my rock and my fortress. For your name's sake, you will lead and guide me. Into your hands, O Lord, I commend my spirit. Into your hands. I commend my spirit. You will redeem me, O Lord, O faithful God. I will rejoice and be glad because of your majesty, of your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, I commend my spirit. Rescue me from the clutches of my enemies and my persecutors. Let your face shine upon your serpent. Save me in your kindness. Into your hands, O Lord, I commend my spirit. It's uh, the words uh, of Jesus when he was on the cross, the last words he spoke, one of the last few words. You know, um, when he said, um, it is consummated, it is finished, into your hands, O Lord, I commend my spirit. And it's a lot we don't know exactly what he went through on the cross, what we couldn't see what he experienced, the pains, the the sins of the world, the, our sins, the sins of blasphemies. That's what a lot of the saints say. He also experienced in the garden against enemy. He, you know, he experienced, um, the pain and suffering, all the blasphemous behaviors, all the, the, uh, the indifferences the um, I mean imagine all the the fact of people who receive who, who don't believe who don't believe in the real presence those who are baptized and don't believe and those who um, who receive holy communion in defiance uh, of abortion and contraception and uh, homosexuality and gay marriages bad priests bad priests evil priests the the abuse of uh of the children the sexual abuses committed against the little ones the the evil and wicked hearts of uh of blasphemous bishops bishops who just hold on their position because of power all those things and then christians persecuting christians Christians abandoning other Christians, Christians not standing up and speaking up their uh, up for their faith. When all these things, these horrible things, are happening, you know, where were people when the churches, when they were holy places, being attacked? The other couple of days ago, before Christmas, there was a, ch- uh, a parish in um, in Queens that just replaced a statue of the Virgin Mary because a statue was was desecrated and destroyed by someone um sad it's sad it's terribly sad you don't even see the the outrage of of catholic politicians they're there when when they need the votes and the numbers but they're not there when i mean just be outraged horrified there was a lot of statues during the shutdown so many statues, so many churches were, just, were, were were attacked. And look at this. Even now, after that Bathma thing was placed in Illinois, and you don't hear a lot of outrage. This is what I'm saying. He suffered, and he experienced all these blasphemies. And it should really break our heart, knowing that when I sin, I add pain to him. It's sad. Okay. The Alleluia Antiphon from Psalm 118. Alleluia, Alleluia. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The Lord is God and he has given us light. Alleluia, Alleluia. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The Lord is God and has be, has given us light. Alleluia, Alleluia. Okay. That was Psalm 118 Antiphon. And for the reading, reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, chapter 10, verse 17 to 22, for it will not be you who speak, but the Spirit of your Father. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, for it will not be you who speak, but the Spirit of your Father. Jesus said to his disciples, Beware of men, for they will hand you over to courts and scourge you in their synagogues, and you will be led before governors and kings for my sake as a witness before them and the pagans. When they hand you over, do not worry about how you are to speak or what you are to say. You will be given at the moment what you are to say. For it will not be you who speak, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. Brother will hand over brother to death, and the father his child. Children will rise up against parents and have them put to death. You will be hated by all because of my name. But whoever endures to the end will be saved. The Gospel of the Lord Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. One more time. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, chapter 10, verse 17 to 22. For it will not be you who speak, but the Spirit of your Father. Jesus said to his disciples, Beware of men, for they will hand you over to courts and scourge you in in their synagogue their synagogues, and you will be led before governors and kings for from, from my sake, as a witness before them and the pagans. When they hand you over, do not worry about how you are to speak or what you are to say. You will be given at that moment what you are to say, for it will not be you who speak, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. Brother will hand over brother to death, and the father his child. Children will rise up against parents and have them put to death. You will be hated by all because of my name. But whoever endures to the end will be saved. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So, here we have a chapter where Jesus is warning his disciples. Beware of men. Beware of men. What did he mean by that? Beware of men. He means men of the world. He means people of the world. Beware of men for they will hand you over to courts and scourge you in their synagogues. I don't think he means... uh, like it's happening, I mean, in the beginning it happened in the temple. They put Stephen on trial. But what he means by here is uh, their house of worship, not necessarily churches or temples, but it was basically like today. The one thing people worship is the government. They hold the government as their their temple, their holy place, their power, their seat of power, their their means of survival, their means of uh, of everything. You know, it's it's everything. You you look at people around the world, the the politicians, especially people who don't believe in God, don't uh, worship God, they don't care for for God. It's the government is their, their church, their synagogue, their temple, the capital. It's, it's like that for the Romans. To the Romans, the empire was God, even though they played Caesar, but it was everything for them. It was their identity. It was who they were. The temples and places of ritual and worship, they were just add-ons, accessories that they knew the people needed. Today, for us, the entertainment industry is an important part. You see an important part of the economy, the theaters, the shows, the music industry, the the sex industry, the porn industry. That's everything. And it's connected a lot of times with the government because you see how celebrities are attached to politicians, you see you see how they're they participate in it because the government is the the place of worship. The government is God. and that's what it is. So here when you have uh, Jesus warning his disciples, beware of men, for they will hand you over to courts and scourge you in their synagogues and you will be led before governors and kings for my sake as witnesses before them and the pagans governors and Kings. He doesn't, he didn't mention high priest. He didn't mention that he didn't mention that at all, but governors and Kings because the politics is the heart and soul of these men. The government and the system is their heart and soul, not, not you know, and he's a pagans because these are people who worship other things, who worship power, who worship entertainment, who worship s- the sex industry, who worship, uh, money, they're pagans. If that's, what's important to you, then that's, then that's your God, you're a pagan. When they hand you over, do not worry about how you are to speak or what you are to say. You will be given at the moment what you are to say. That would have to be true for those of us who really are deep in the faith, deep in prayer, and deep in scripture. That's that's what we need, we need to remember that. Okay, uh, let's move on. For it will not be you who speak, but the spirit of your fathers speaking through you. Brother will hand over brother to death and father his children. Children will rise up against parents and have them put to death. You will be be hated by all because of my name's sake. But whoever endures to the end will be saved. Children will rise up against parents and have them be put to death. So he said it before. I did not come to bring peace, but the sword. I came to turn people even family members against each other. Now Jesus is not doing this maliciously, but he's saying when it comes to faith, people will turn against each other, and that's something to be expected because whatever you believe, people have turned over against each other for, for even other things like money, inheritance, right, other other disputes. I mean, heck, for crying out loud. You know, what about denials when someone in the family is committing abuse against another person? What about when the father is in denial or the mother is in denial that her second husband is sexually abusing her daughter or her boyfriend? So, you know, but when it comes to faith, what that person believes, if that person truly believes it, But it's not meaning any other harm, but because it endangers or ruins your reputation or hurts your state or class. You can see that this is, this is all, this is all true. And Jesus here, Jesus is not some cult leader. Jesus is God. And he... He's he's changing hearts, changing souls, and changing society. He he's here to make things better, and he is here to make people better. But sometimes, you gotta you know you gotta you know rock the boat, and you gotta you know. And when people change, and you talk about people, they're inspired by something, and you can see the change. But it disrupts the status quo. It disrupts everything. And Jesus does disrupt everything. He changed Stephen. And Stephen is still remembered 2,000 years later. All the apostles are remembered 2,000 years later. The stories are still remembered 2,000 years later. People changed. Many saints changed. And we still talk about them. We may not remember all the Christians who died in the arena, who were persecuted and put to death. But we still talk about them 2,000 years later. And it, and they're changing people's lives because Christ changed their lives, and Christ is changing our life today. And they're and it's going to happen again. It's going to happen again. Sooner or later, it's going to happen. It's happening now. It's happening in places we don't talk about. It still happens in Egypt. It still happens in Nigeria. It still happens, and it's happening in Asia, and nobody wants to talk about it. And it's going to happen. So the question is, are we willing to let Christ change our lives? Are we willing to be saints? Let's end it here.